ask the Lord what I should do. But I, I do want to share this, this the brief, uh, yeah, brief, I just want to share this word with you this morning because I feel like it, it fits in. Because I, here's the deal this morning. When we come in, we talk about um, Tammy. Again, a lot, some of you, um, it's just a broken guitar. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's no big deal. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we, um, <clears throat> you know, Christmas is coming. Christmas is coming. And, and, and when we talk about Christmas, we recognize that Jesus broke into a moment, God, a, a moment of need. Um, and broke into a moment of, of, of brokenness of the people of God, of people who were in need. And so when we talk about this idea of Christmas, then we recognize that, that it was a time of great breakthrough in the eyes of Jesus for the people. And so we even see just the angels, they came in, in Luke chapter 2, if you remember the story, remember Jesus is over here being born, is a parallel story, and the parallel story is, is of, is of, um, of the, the shepherds. Shepherds are sitting in the field and they're doing their shepherdly thing, right? Thing that they do every night. It's just a normal, mundane, kind of boring night. They're probably over here telling jokes, sitting by the fire, doing their thing. And then all of a sudden what happens is, is, is the angel shows up, right? The angel shows up in the moment and, and they're stricken with fear. And he comes down and the angel does, says, listen, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. It's good news of great joy for all of the people. And then all of a sudden the angel chorus surrounded them and just began to sing some song. We don't really know what the song was, but they began to proclaim this, this reality and this truth about, about Jesus and, and, and this truth about what was happening. And it was a divine and holy moment for them. It was a moment of great breakthrough, right? Something was happening. The angels then, they stepped onto the scene with a, with a divine expectation. Hear that. They stepped into the scene and onto the scene with a divine expectation that every single person then who would become a follower of Jesus would receive this Christmas event as good news that would produce great joy in their lives. It would be good news that would produce great joy in their life. And you have to recognize that there is a, a wide chasm of difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is this this up and down roller coaster emotion that we get depending on the surrounding event of our life, right? It's like, um, it's just a, something that you know what happens. You get this, this, are you serious type moment? And all of a sudden you're filled with joy and, excuse me, you're filled with happiness. It's like an emotion that, that, that just spikes in the moment. And we, and we celebrate that, right? It's a great moment of great happiness. But then something can happen that's depressing or mundane. And all of a sudden takes that emotion and brings it back down. But joy, joy is that deep, listen, it's a deep abiding contentment that is lasting that's in our hearts that no matter hell or high water it cannot be taken or stolen away the angel came down and said listen my expectation for every follower of Jesus post Jesus' birth is that you will experience this good news of great joy in your life Every day that cannot be taken away come hell or high water. 
And so we find ourselves right in this place and, and, and this is this echoing throughout, throughout history, really this, this angelic voice saying, listen, behold, I speak to you good news of great joy for all the people. Here's a question for you. But look at me. Are you walking in the expected joy that the angels declared? In your moment, are you? Are you walking every day of life with this deep contentment, this deep abiding contentment that is lasting, that nothing, no matter what happens in life, can steal away? Are you? Because the expectation of the angels, because God had spoken the expectation into them, was that every follower of Jesus would be defined by this abiding joy, this contentment, even when a mob of three or four hundred dives into your, this church in India and rips you out. There's a deep abiding contentment, a joy that is immovable. It's unshakable. See, Paul grabs hold of it. He grabs hold of it. Remember, and we looked for the last several weeks at Philippians, and Paul comes and says, listen, everything in my life I used to find joy and happiness and contentment and all of these things from my past, I consider them as rubbish. In fact, there are things that I, if I had a toilet back in the day, who had a thumb in the toilet and flushed them down and says, I've got something new now. What is that new thing, Paul? I'm going after the knowledge of Jesus. And it's the only thing that satisfies. I'm giving myself to Him. I found something in my own Christmas experience of good news, of great joy in my life. This this, this deep abiding contentment that I just can't deny. Deep abiding contentment that is lasting, that can never be taken away. This is the message that the angels were speaking to the shepherds at Christmas. Hey, if you're a follower of Jesus, and I want you to know, right, if you're, if you're become part of the family, what's going to happen in your life is you're going to have, it's, have good news for you of great joy for all people. And he goes on and he, and he tells us, and this is, just, this is um, poetic just for the moment that we find ourselves in. And I'm just going to read this. I've already kind of pointed to some of it this morning. But it's this, Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. It says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. And I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You see, when Paul, he came and he just spoke the word rejoice. He spoke the word rejoice, and then all of a sudden he had a thought. And his thought was of every bit of persecution the Philippian church was facing in the moment. He knew their story. He knew the tension. He knew the people who had gone to jail, right? He knew all the struggles that they were facing. He knew everything bad in life that was going on around them. And then he thought to, us, thought to himself, he said, I'm going to say it again. Rejoice. 
rejoice because joy is not dependent on what's going on outside of you. Joy is something that's on the inside that is con- that causes contentment that cannot be taken away ever by anything or anyone. William Barclay says it this way. He says this. In fact, I'll find it real quick in my notes. Says, A Christian's joy is independent of all things on earth because it has its source in the continual presence of Christ. I will read that again. A Christian's joy, it is independent of all things on earth because it has its source in the continual presence of Christ in which you live in of giving yourself to the knowledge of Jesus every day of your life saying everything else in my life I count as rubbish because I found something worth more. What is it, Paul? It's knowing Jesus because when I know him, joy overwhelms me. It's this deep abiding contentment that nothing on the outside can ever steal away from me because I have this independent relationship of knowledge of Jesus that nothing can steal. So you bring it and you kill me. I don't care. I know Jesus and my joy is independent of everything else out here. Listen, I am friends with Pastor Reuben in India. I've sat in his office and had tea with him and had these little these little cookie things they call, I don't know if they forget they call them, they call them, what do they call them? They call them like, I don't know what they call them. Anyway, had cookies with them in India, right? This guy knows Jesus. Listen, one of my favorite stories about Pastor Reuben, I don't know your theology, but who cares at this point, right? You've got Pastor Reuben, and he was sitting there in between services, and this woman came up who was manifesting a demon, right? She was oppressed by a demon, manifesting like you read in the book of Acts, right? And, 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 and he was in the middle of his tea. And someone goes, Pastor Reuben, Pastor Reuben, you need to come out. You need to pray for this woman and cast this demon out. He was like, I'm drinking my tea right now. My schedule's not bound. My, my schedule's not defined by any work of the enemy. I'm going to sit here with Jesus and my other pastor friend here, and we're going to drink tea together. And when I get done, I'll come out and take care of that. Nothing. I'm independent, right? I'm over here with Jesus. And so he drinks his, drinks his tea, eats his little cookies. He goes outside, says, in Jesus' name, I command you to release this woman who God loves. Boom, and she's set free in the moment, and God saves her. This is Pastor Reuben. He's in jail. He's not scared. Is he anxious? I don't know. He's stirring in this. We're praying God move in his life. Why? Because joy is present in his life. Why? Because he has an independent knowledge of Jesus. He knows him. He walks with him. Listen. You have to let this sink deep into you as it relates to your knowledge of Jesus. Jesus is not just something that we do. He's not something that we add on to our life because it makes us feel good and we get get our get out of hell free card, right? It's not about that. It's about the intimate knowledge of a living God who's in relationship with us, who says, Christmas is about good news of great joy for all peoples for all time that you can walk with and have this deep abiding contentment contentment in all things independent of what hell brings you every day of your life. Why? Because you can know Jesus. And so Paul looks and says in verse four, so I'm going to say it, say rejoice. And I know what hell you're going through and everything that you would name in your life that is crappy and terrible and horrendous. And I know all of those things. I'm going to say it anyway. Rejoice because your joy is independent of everything going on over here. 
Does that define you at Christmas this year? Does it? It should. Why? Because if you know Jesus, he's already in you. And guess what he did? He brought his fruit with him. He brought joy with him. It's already in your life. It's not a matter of you having to pray to get it. It's a matter of it just simply being revealed, seen as already being present in your life as a fruit that Jesus brought with him when he came and lived in you. So then he goes on in verse 5. says, so let your gentleness be evident. Let your gentleness be evident. For the Lord is near. You know, gentle, those who are gentle, they're not harsh. They're kind and they're tender, even in moments when they don't have to be, right? Or they shouldn't be. Jesus, we said, like a lamb, like a lamb before his persecutors, like a lamb before the shear, right? He's just quiet. He's gentle in the moment. Why? Because the Lord was near. I'll tell you this other story. I don't know your theology on this one either, but I don't really care at this point, right? My buddy Burton Holland. Burton Holland was this, I mean, he was, I mean, he was like Mr. Clean. He had this really cool, like, beard, like, I don't know, goatee type thing, and his head was shaved, and he was just tough, tough guy. He was a man's man, right? I, we love Burton Holland, but he was this guy, incredibly effective in ministry at, at this church we were a part of in Omaha. And so we were, and Randall really looked up to him, really respected him, and he was one of the major prophetic voices in the church, right? And, and, um, and so this is a church of about 2,000, 3,000 people, and he's just, he's just this great man of God. And, and so we asked him one day, and so we were actually sitting by, I remember, I'll never forget, we were sitting by his really cool big truck like Mike Herbert's. You still have your big truck, Mike? Yeah, it's a really cool, one of those like big F-350, like Mac Daddy, like makes you jealous type trucks, right? He's sitting by that big truck, Mr. Clean. I looked at him and said, I said, Burton, I said, tell me when it shifted for you. What do you, say? What do you mean? Tell me when it shifted for ministry for you. Tell me like when you kind of went to this, this other level. He goes, oh, that's pretty simple. I said, well, tell me. He said, well, you know, he said, I've always said when I, got, when I gave my life to Jesus, I had this life changed, and God was doing great things, right? I loved it. And, but I, honestly, when I would pray a lot of times, I'd struggle. I'd struggle in my prayer life. I'd struggle with faith and just believing God and, and trusting that he was moving, like most of us do in our prayer time, right? He said, but something happened. I said, what happened? He said, well, let me tell you. I said, well, tell me. He goes, well, I'm sitting there in the moment, and I'm praying, like, just like those faithless, powerless prayers you pray sometimes, just, like kind of throwing up saying, I hope it sticks type thing, prayer, right? And he just like says, I'm laying hands on somebody praying. And this is probably something to leave our church, but that's okay. So he just puts his hand, he says, I'm putting my hand right here. And all of a sudden I look to the left of me and I see a belt buckle. And he said, I looked up and I saw it was about a 10-foot angel standing right beside me. He said, everything changed right then. Now, let me say this. I've never seen a 10-foot angel. That'd be really cool, right? I've never seen Jesus, never heard the audible voice of God. But in his, he said, Steve, he said, for that moment on, about the month after that, he said, every time I prayed, I just, that, that angel was present. He said, I haven't seen it, I haven't seen it in 10 years. But he said, but I now stand the recognition of Philippians chapter 4, verse 5. It says, the Lord is near. That's the whole point of what we get out of Christmas is no matter if you see something or even believe that's possible, it doesn't really matter. What matters is you simply believe that the Lord Jesus is near to you. When you live every day of your life with the joy of his presence every day. Why? Because there's a deep abiding contentment of the knowledge that he is present with you. Just like he's with Pastor Reuben right now in the jail cell. Right where he is, he's praying these other four men. I don't know if they're in the same cell, if they're in separate cells. I don't know if they're being beat. 
beaten. I don't know what the plan is for them. It's not going to be good unless God moves, right? But I guarantee you, because I know Pastor Reuben, he's standing there saying in the moment, it's like gentleness. He's a gentle man. He's sitting there in the moment, he's being gentle because the Lord is near, standing beside him, strengthening him, encouraging him, and with him. The Lord is near. And then the fleshing of this out, I just love this, is this, is that in verse 6 and 7 it says, then we don't have to be anxious about anything, but we can come, but with prayer and petition, we can come and pray and say, God, here's where we are. But listen, it says this is, you have to come with thanksgiving. Listen, here's just like prayer 101. Stop coming to the Lord complaining and start rejoicing and thanksgiving for everything that he's already done and doing for you. You don't like it when your kids complain when they come to you, do you? Don't you love it when they sit there and with gratitude, thankfully, saying, thank you for disciplining me. It just means so much to me that you love me enough to take away my iPod for the week so that I can learn to put other people first and stop complaining. Don't we love when our kids do that? Our kids do that every single day, right? They're fantastic. And so the idea of Paul saying, listen, start rejoicing when you come before the Lord and, and, be, and start coming with confidence. Confidence. Why? You rejoice because of the confidence that you can have of coming before him because he's near and laying everything out before him saying, God, I rejoice that you love me, that you fight for me, that you're for me. And here are the issues that I'm dealing with. And he says, and then this, he says in verse seven, he says, this is just fantastic. He comes and he says, he says, in the peace of God, which doesn't make any sense, which transcends all understanding, it will guard your heart. It will protect you, right? It will, it will maintain this deep abiding joy that nothing and no one can steal from you. Why? Because I've embraced the truth of Christmas about knowing Jesus. And when I know him, everything else doesn't matter. It's all rubbish, and I now know him, and I want more, and I can't get enough, and I'm going after him. And joy, I'm just going to rejoice, I'm going to rejoice and bring all these things before him and know that he's with me, he's near to me. This is the message this morning. It's the message you pray into for yourself and you pray into for Pastor Reuben and those in India and all across the world who are suffering persecution, just like we read about this morning. We're not here to play church. We're not here to twist. I'm not here as a church pastor. Twist your arm to get your money so I can do what I want to with it, right? I'm not here to do anything but to come and proclaim Jesus to you, crucified and resurrected, to fill you, to empower you, and to send you out, living a life filled with the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which is love, to know his love that surpasses all understanding, to know his joy that you can't get away from, right? It's this deep, abiding contentment, love and joy and peace in everything. Every moment of your life and love, joy, peace, patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control and all of these things, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, they belong to us if we know him. They belong, hear me, they belong already in us. They are in our possession already if we know him and are in a relationship with him. Merry stinking Christmas. That is the message. Good. Fantastic. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus.
So, Father, we rejoice in this moment, Jesus, that Pastor Reuben has been released with the other men. Father, we come and rejoice that you were a Lord. But God, even if he died, Father God, I knew Pastor Reuben, he would never, he would never deny you. God, as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, hey, we were, even if you, even if we die in this fiery furnace, we will still never bow down and worship your gods. Because Jesus alone is God. And so we, we praise you, Father, and rejoice in the moment that he was released. But God, we would have rejoiced even if he had died for your name, Father God, because we know he would have died loving you, being obedient to you. And so, Holy Spirit, would you continue to do this work of Christmas in their lives, Father God, this joy, this good news of great joy, this sustainable in their hearts of knowing you and of walking with you, Jesus. And we pray even in our own Christmas here, God, maybe of awakening even in this moment, Father, that you would do this work in us, Father, of having revelation of this joy, this deep abiding contentment, even though hell presses in on every side of us. God, we celebrate you this morning. We rejoice in you this morning, Father God. We know that you are alive. We know that you are well. We know that you are good. We know that you fight for us. You know, we know that you love us, Jesus. We know that you have already empowered us, Father. We praise you that we already stand in your presence, loved by you, children of the living God. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, we stand, Jesus, with you confident of who you are, of what you're doing, and how you're moving in us, Jesus. Father, would you make us as a church a force to reckon with in 2012, God, as we let you do whatever you please in our midst, Jesus. Fearless before man, declaring Jesus boldly. Holy Spirit, would you come? And we know, Father, people are going to think that we're crazy. Who cares? Because we know you independently, Jesus. We Nothing on the outside gets to us, Jesus. We have you, Father. Lord, I pray we would not allow anything else to get in the way and destroy this, Father God. That we would not allow that. God, I pray for our marriages, Lord, that the enemy is moving, God, pitting this husband and wife against one another, Jesus. And they're missing the joy of the relationship with you. In Jesus' name, Father God, I speak a breaking down of those walls this morning. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come, that you would renew marriages today, and they would die to themselves, Father God, and they would find their joy in bringing joy to their spouse and nothing else and obedience to you, Lord. We pray, Father God, for children who are being idiots right now and God, who are causing us pain and suffering in our lives, Father God, and keeping us from celebrating the joy, God, we pray a beautiful gift of conviction in our children's lives this morning that would bring them to their knees, Father God, as prodigal sons and daughters, and they would return to you this morning. Father God, humbly, God, giving themselves to you, Jesus. We come and we rejoice because you are a God who does these things. Come, Holy Spirit. We love you. We praise you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So here's how we're going to end. Adam, go ahead and come forward. We're going to, go, we're going to end like we always do. We're going to come and we're going, to, we're going to rejoice. We're going to pray and we're going to thank God for what he does. If you want to come this morning and take, you want to take communion this morning, we've got communion at the communion table right here in front of the Christmas tree, right? The communion table is the place where we come and we celebrate the, the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus, right? Because that's ultimately what Christmas led to. His death and his resurrection defeated death. Hell and sickness, which means the enemy no longer has victory in this world anymore. So when we come, we celebrate this. It's not to, not to be go, oh, I'm so sad he died. No, we celebrate his life. That's what we celebrate. If you want to come this morning, you just, or you want to stay, you want to stay right here and pray. You can do that, right?
Listen, if you are a new, a new person and you just want to get connected to Vintage and those baskets, just do this. Let's just pass the baskets back down this morning. New people, if you, there's connect cards in there. If you don't think we're too crazy and you want to come back, there's connect cards in there. You can fill out those connect cards. Just find it. Just do this. There, there's a big um, um, basket. Andy, do, this. do me a favor. Take all that stuff out of that big basket right there. Okay. And as you walk out, if you want to put your, that's why we're going to drop everything off this morning, okay? If you, want to, if you came this morning ready to give to the year-end offering, stick it all in there, right? If you came, you want to fill out the Connect card, you want to put it in there, fill it out and stick it in that big basket. If you didn't put tithes and offerings anywhere, you're going to stick it in there. You can do that this morning. I hate to, I hate to help, I hate to hurt your opportunity to worship this morning with all of your gifts. And so, so you can do that this morning. If you want to get prayer this morning, we'll have ministry teams available, right? Just up here up front. We're going to pray into that, but, if you, but we encourage you to, or if you don't stay and pray for India, pray for Pastor Ruben, pray for Tammy, pray for Karube home. Listen, I mean, Tammy is one of my, one of our best friends, known her since college, right? Pastor Ruben hung out before I preached at his church three or four times. He's a great, great man. I mean, it's just, I fell asleep in his pulpit, I fell asleep in the chair on the, on the stage. I was so sleepy, but I, but it was a great moment anyway, right? It's just a great place, a great church. So anyway, all that to say, stay and pray as long as you want, and you're free to go whenever you need to. Yes, come back at five with a cool dessert or an appetizer for our family time together, and we'll fill you in. If you want to know more about what's going on in India, you've got to be there at five. So, all right, love you guys. We'll see you soon.